fast. <laughs> wow. Should be a nice ovation here. Yes, sir. Whoa! You feel that? That I feel it is time for the no pants dance. <laughs> 3-0 sweep of the Braves to start the year and are the only undefeated team in baseball, your Philadelphia Phillies. Woo! Let's go, baby. The Phillies outscored the defending division champs 23-11, had eight home runs, count them, eight Total home runs. Damn. They lead baseball in batting average, OBP, and slugging with men on, and are second in OPS at 1.425. Their offense is unstoppable. Why even play another game? We'll just see them in the World Series. Woo! Bryce Harper, Daddy. two home runs, best power hitter since Ryan Howard. I'm aroused already. It's only been three games. Andrew McCutcheon, three agent steal of the century, two home runs already. He's back to Pittsburgh Pirates form. Hit it, Rob. After three games, the Phillies have the third best on-base percentage in the National League at .384. Whoopee! Stat nerds rejoice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually lead all of baseball in base on balls percentage at 17.9. You know what this means? What? It means they're not swinging at dog shit like a bunch of blind buffoons like they were last year. No garbage. Garbage. Hit it, Rob. The bullpen didn't totally blow it for the Phils either, which we still have some doubts about. But nonetheless, not terrible. Give it to me again! Give it to me again! In game one, Gene Segura had made it to third with no outs. Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, and JT Realmuto are all due up. So naturally, you think, okay, we just got to get him in. After Harper and Hoskins struck out, I think I stand for pretty much everyone when I say, oh, my God, they're going to find a way not to score. This is the same Phillies, 2017 Phillies. I should say 2017-2018 Phillies who just can't score with men on base. Nope. Same Phillies as last year who can't score with men on base. and Can't score with two outs. Can't score with two outs, most importantly. But Abdul Herrera... First pitch, single. Cesar Hernandez, first pitch, single. Two runs with two outs. With men on base, 
with two outs, they're scoring. Rob, they can score with two outs like a major league club again. One last time for the people in the back. My juices are flowing. What an intro. How about that intro? That's what I that's like what that. good baseball, exciting baseball will do to us. Yeah. We forgot what it felt like. Yeah. I, I didn't remember that feeling. It's so nice to be back. Okay, let me formally introduce us here. Gotta say what's up, everybody. Welcome back to the Philly Fresh Pod. Providing the Welcome fresh. Back. Oh, don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt I do. me. <laughs> I was going to say, we have the freshest takes in sports, okay? Do you know where the takes come from, Brandon? They come straight from the oven to your ears. That's right. I'm your host, Robert Arelli. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brandon Carasillo. And you can follow the pod on Twitter, at PhillyFreshPod, and us as well. Follow me, at Robert Arelli. That is R-O-B-R-I-D-A-R-E-L-L-I. And Brandon? You can follow me at B underscore Carousello. That's C-A-R-U-S-I-L-L-O. Welcome back to the pod, everybody. We're glad for you to join us. For We're going to have uh, some Phillies talk. We're going to have some Eagles talk. And we're going to wrap it up with some shine box. Uh, of course, we have three idiots who have made it to the shine box this week. And one of them has set me off and made me completely white. Just white hot mad. So we'll get into that later. Good. That's what the shine box should do. Okay. So let's get to Phillies first. Opening thoughts. Uh it's it, it's fun. It's fun being fanboy. Um oh, but let me warn you let me warn you guys right now, it's a long season. It's been three games. We're three and oh. You couldn't have scripted a better start. I couldn't have been more impressed with the team. I, I expected maybe two and one, maybe even even one and two wouldn't be terrible because it's a brand new team, somewhat trying to gel. You know, I would I shouldn't say brand new, but they have you know a new alpha in town with Bryce Harper, so you know trying to gel. And uh, you know the Braves are defending division champs, so again, even if you went one and two, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It's a long season; you'll have your your shots at them. But three and zero oh is incredible. You couldn't have scripted it much better, but let's all keep it in our pants a little bit because it's a long season. And let me warn you guys, I don't mean to be the the grim reaper of suck here. Yeah, I don't you're, mean to you're grim reapering. You're reaping, dude. They're going to suck. They're going to suck. No, I don't mean to be like that. Okay. But when I go to the ballpark and I see Harper mash one into the second deck, I got to think, uh... Okay, well, let me relax here. Or can I jump up and scream? You can jump and scream. You could jump and scream. But this team has stuff to prove to us, and I don't. I'm not buying in as a World Series contender yet because of what happened last season. That being said, they look like a totally different team, especially offensively. Oh yeah, yeah. That you know again. I, I understand. We ha- we had our worries to begin the year. You don't know how the bullpen is gonna hold up throughout the year. We're not going to score 10 runs a game. Uh, right. We might score eight, <laughs> it's looking like. <laughs> Probably not, but you got to go through some of the tough times and see what the team is really built of. 
and see what kind of adversity they can handle. But all signs point up right now. All signs are pointing up, pointing to a much better team than last year. That's a given. And the core is there to really make some moves, some big-time moves towards the playoffs. Definitely. it's. I mean, it's one of their best starts in franchise history. You know, they rarely yeah. start off 3-0. Um, that being said, you know, Gabe Kapler is still a young, relatively new manager. Uh, he's, you know, how does he handle Bryce Harper uh, in the clubhouse? You know, Bryce Harper is not an egomaniac, but how does he handle that superstardom now in the lineup and in the clubhouse when things potentially maybe take a turn for the worse. You know, they lose two, three, four, five in a row. If, if that probably not, probably not that bad unless there's injuries, but you know, how do they handle adversity? How does Gabe Kapler handle adversity? Does his club respond to him uh, in a way that's Mm -hmm. positive rather than negative? Um, Last year, I wouldn't say that they responded negatively, but we saw, the slide and the slide was real and the team looked like not that they quit, but it looked like they totally had just mailed it in to a point where they felt not confident in themselves to make a playoff run. It, it seems like uh, the sky is falling and we don't know how to stop it yeah. toward the end of the season. Yeah. There were um, some very different Phillies teams all in that one season yes. last year. Yes, and that's a good way of putting it. And, you know, Gabe Kapler tends to get a little cute and overmanage with the bullpen and the starting pitching. Uh, opening day, for example, Nola got yanked. And out of everyone, they put in Hector Neris. And so many cho- choices, you know. But Gabe went to Neris. A two-run shot for Matt Joyce. And, autumn, you know... Right away, you're thinking the game is cut six to three instead of six six to one. So you know, again, you don't want to like shit on Kapler, but he's got some something to prove with with me personally and with a lot. I think with handling the bullpen and the starting pitching, um, you know, I think he has a little bit of the jitters sometimes where he feels like this is the MLB All-Star game or this is the World Series where every arm has to see action every game. Uh, you know, he's the type of guy that's going to, like, put in a guy that you're not really sure why and he's saving this guy for this scenario and this guy for this scenario where he should have just put in the best guy to begin with. So yeah. I, I kind of want to keep an eye on him with that, especially with this bullpen, you know, a young, a relatively younger bullpen. Um, and you know, starting pitching staff that other than Arietta is relatively young as well. Uh, another thing is, is Dave Robertson, you know, has been getting his ass knocked around with his off speed stuff in particular. Uh, you know, he's looked like complete garbage his first series. Um, he's done his best to keep these games close when in fact they should have been pretty much blowouts. He's given up two run bombs and this and that. So I want to keep an eye on Dave Robertson as well. New closer in a new ballpark in a new city, uh, often struggles. There's, there are often struggles for, for that type of scenario in baseball for whatever reason. So it's far from definite that David Robertson is going to just come in and be this lockdown closer or this guy who we can rely on late 
in the innings. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a, another thing to keep your eye on. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting when the Phillies only put up two or three runs and we're headed into a tight ball game, you know, yeah. in like the sixth, seventh, eighth. Like, I don't know. Right. We're going to have to see how Kapler manages that. that yeah. That's going to be a theme throughout this season. You know, he's going to have to get that stuff down pat. Now, is it impossible? No. Alex Cora just did it with the Red Sox last year. You need, But you need to know your staff to an nth degree and what buttons to push at the right time. And sometimes it's going to seem completely ludicrous, and at other times it's going to seem completely brilliant. But if you know your staff to the point where you think that any move you could make is invincible and you have the stats and knowledge to prove it up, then you know what? Who are we to question you? But at the end of the day, when you push those buttons, they better work because there's going to be times where there's going to be adversity for this team and they're going to look toward you to right the ship, especially because this clubhouse has not seen any big-time winning yet, any big-time spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Everybody will be looking to put the blame somewhere too. Right. Think. I mean, think about it. Reese Hoskins in the field, still a little bit of, you know, an uncertainty there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miguel Franco, can he actually put together, you know, a, a full season? You know, often Michael Franco decides that, oh, I'm going to do great this month, but then the next month I'm going to hit like 130 for the month. Like, yeah. you know, he's got to put some consistency together. The lineup has got to produce around Harper. It can't just be a one-man show, um, and which I don't think it, it will be. I think that this lineup is stacked. But, you know, again, can they produce to that level? Can they rate, Can they elevate their game when the spotlight is on them? Yeah, um, it'll be. I'm, but, I'm very excited to see the answer to that yes. question. Yes, I mean the Phillies haven't started off a season two and zero since 2011, and they've started off three and zero this year. So that just kind of puts things in perspective of how this team might just have that different feel. They might just be, you know, a deep playoff run contender. Um, you know, everything's not going to be perfect at times, but. At times, it's going to be really fun to watch this team, and it was evident this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I do want to point out, Nick Pavetta, this guy, he's a schizo. You never know what you're going to get, hmm. what version. He's going to come out, he's going to pitch quality innings, or is he going to come out and get his brains beaten in? So, again, that's, you know, one thing to keep an eye on, the back end of the bullpen. You know, can, can guys not name Nola and Arietta go out there and give us solid – five to seven innings you know that'll be another thing to watch is yeah. this team still another starting pitching away starting pitcher away at the end of the day dallas keichel's out there and i'm not saying that you know they're definitely going to go out there and get him or at, at some point it's just a matter of when but if pitching starts to hinder this team at any point in the next couple months and again it hasn't been so much of a problem right right now but if it does you have to wonder if they'll just blink and just say, okay, Dallas, here's a three-year deal or a four-year deal with the money you want. Hmm. Yeah, Because the Phillies window seems to be now. It, it seems it, to be. It does. I mean, after. Next, yeah, like if not this year, the next year or the next. Like it's it's got to be very soon, if not this year. Yeah, it happens so quickly that I don't think people like 
really understand that we're at this point already where maybe we have to just make an acquisition like that to get over the hump. Like, usually this takes a while. You know, you build up to that and you're like, okay, now now's the year we might try to go for it. But it just happened all of a sudden. Well, at least we think so after this hot start. But Right. Again, fanboy aside, it is only three games. But um, it's they've looked incredibly competent. Yeah. Opposed to the incompetence that was shown at the end of last season. Oh, totally. Um, another thing is to keep your eye on is will they, you know, pull the trigger on Craig Kimbrell? And Kimbrell probably wants a multi year deal, but if they can break the bank for him on a one year prove it deal, uh, it might be something to, you know, kind of be worth exploring there. For sure. Because he could come in and really shore up that bullpen. And then it just becomes a, um, you know, a race of, Maybe who blinks first if it's between them and a, and a, you know a Braves or them and the Nationals or whoever you know they're gonna the Dodgers whoever they're gonna be challenging, it kind of becomes a you know an actual chess match if if they can go toe to toe with the bullpen and the pitching because they got the the offense too. Yeah, yeah, man, and the division is gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it is gonna be good. I mean, the Mets, you know. The Mets are pretty much going to shit on themselves eventually, but they have the starting pitching to give teams problems. And uh, the Marlins are not a team that you expect to really hurt trash. that much. Yeah, yeah. They, they should be trash, on, especially on paper, but they're a team with nothing to lose. And when uh, you play a team with nothing to lose... They're process sixers. Right. And when you play a team with nothing to lose, it's always unsettling especially when you have a lot to lose you know think of the rays in the al east and how much they are a thorn in the side to the yankees the red Sox, and yeah. sometimes the blue jays you know the rays always year after year put pitching together and you know just win ball games they shouldn't the rays are the are the lopez brothers basically of baseball they, <laughs> they just win games they shouldn't so the marlins what i'm trying to say is Keep an eye out for the Marlins. Don't take them lightly. Don't go in there and just be like, oh, we're going to sweep them. Right. You know, I want to see us really sweep them. I want to see us dominate the Marlins. I don't want to see us lose two out of three or three out of four to the Marlins here and there and be like, well, it's okay because we, I don't know, beat the Cubs the previous series. No. Like, I want to see us take care of division opponents. I mean, good teams dominate. They beat the bad teams. They don't slip up. Then they always come ready to play. So. The mark of a good team is taking care of those bad teams. Yes. Yes. And then obviously you got the Braves and the Nationals to round out the rest of the division, which which is tough, but I, I which which also means that all these teams have to play each other, so nobody's going to jump super far ahead, you know? I don't think so. I think that it'll be Phillies Braves personally um you know, through July. I would be shocked if the if the Phillies are up by more than five games. I would also be shocked if the Phillies are down by more than five mm-hmm. games. Um, I think that this is going to be kind of a race into September, similarly to how the AL East has been. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think that how the AL East has been Red Sox-Yankees, I think that the NL East will be uh, Phillies-Braves. And I think that Phillies will pull away, and I'm sure, I'm almost certain that the Phillies will make at least one or two moves at the deadline because most teams do that are Mm -hmm. in it. Most teams make those productive moves. Now, will it be a splash? Are we going to get fucking Nolan Ryan? No. But 
even like the slightest bench piece or bullpen piece or even a number five starter, you know, you could expect things like that to maybe be moves um, and, you know, really uh, lift the Phillies to that that next run, you know, yeah. that that second ditch effort run to to claim the division. But, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves again. Fanboy aside, it's only been three games. You know, I'm not here to be Grim Reaper of suck, but let's just keep things in perspective. Keep it in our pants. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Until we sweep the Nationals. Right, Actually, then it's no pants, pants, pants. Yeah, I don't know. I think we only play them twice, but still. Whatever, sweep them. Sweep them anyway. <laughs> 2-0-sweep. Uh, okay, want to get into the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah, let's... Uh, okay, so... You know, a little bit of Eagles news here. Yeah, there there is. So the Eagles get Jordan Howard. We have a power running back now. And I think that was very important because we've said it a million times. LeGarrette Blunt, J.H.I., this is, this is a kind of uh, skill position that you need on the team. You need that short yardage guy. You need somebody that can finish a football game. And right. Jordan Howard can be that. We know what we're getting. We're not getting a super well-rounded skill set. He's not going to make many plays in the passing game. And I don't even know if he's that great in the screen game. But what he does is he fills a role that the Eagles did not have. And that's very important because I did not want to go into this next year without a short yardage guy and a game finisher, a reliable game finisher. Yeah, I mean, they could always put Clement or Smallwood in the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not something that is going to really hold us back. Hey, if Sproles could ever get healthy, maybe they could put him in the screen. But um, the thing that I really love about this is finally we've answered, you know, the bell call of how this team no longer has physical running backs. We finally have that answer now. Um, yeah. Especially with losing Blunt and Ajayi, it was a recipe for success. It, you know, propelled us to our success when we beat the uh, the Patriots for the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was, you know, huge for us. I almost, last year, it was a huge detriment to not have that. Yeah, I almost, like, forget, like, last year, Jay Ajayi was on the roster. A lot of people forget because he got hurt so early, but that really killed us looking back oh, on the year. Imagine, yeah, yeah imagine if us. we had a healthy Ajayi all year long. That, that would be yeah. a very different story. It was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, you know, you lose Blunt, and uh, again, I said, not the right move, bad move. You know, don't want to be Captain Hindsight, but I, I didn't like it at the time. And then after that, you know, JHI gets hurt. And right from there, my immediate reaction was, oh, no, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah. You lose one but two guys, and now you're scrambling. Yeah, and no now you're running back. You want to make Josh Adams that guy. He's not ready. You tried it. He's not. He flashed for two games, but you, you've seen it. They went away from him in the playoffs. Small, it's not there yet. Yeah, it's not there yet. Smallwood was the guy you had to go to, and we know what he is. And getting back to Jordan Howard, we know what he is as well. He's not a superstar. We did not get a star running back. We got something we desperately need. But it's not a star. That being yeah. said, he's solid. 2016, he had 1,300 yards. 2017, he had 1,100 yards. And last year, 930 yards. So 
throughout his three years young career, he has 3,300 yards. It's a guy that knows how to run the football. It's a decent player. You can be happy about this acquisition. Yeah, uh, what I was going to say is, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think that he pretty much is a similar acquisition to Golden Tate. You know, Golden Tate was something the Eagles needed. They needed, you know, another weapon for Wentz. They needed someone they could rely on who's going to catch, who can, you know, uh, kind of run after the catch. Now, Howard is a better player than Tate, um, especially at the position. You know, he's better at, at being a running back than Tate is at being a wide receiver, arguably, because Tate's kind of limited. I mean, you know, he's not like an alpha number one receiver. Yeah. But Howard, in my opinion, while the need was bigger, I think he is, you know, a huge upgrade opposed to Tate where it was just like, this is a good player and we could use him. No, I think Howard is a huge upgrade and a huge need. Yeah, I agree. I really do. I think it's going to make a big deal this season. It's something we haven't had. You know, right. we missed out on that all last year. And right. you saw the difference because the previous year we won the Super Bowl having a guy like that, having two guys like that. Yeah, it comes down to, you know, how it's going to provide a lot of balance for this offense that they desperately needed. They tried to throw their way out of it last year when, you know, they added Tate to the roster and they tried to, you know, air it out between um, Ertz and Tate and Jeffrey and Aguilar. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't pay everyone and you can't keep everyone. And I'm I'm just happy personally that they upgraded the running back rather than just trying to replace Tate. Yes. You know, it could have easily fallen for that trap and being like, okay, now we need to go get an, a whatever, an, an, an inexpensive uh, wide receiver to replace Tate. And instead, they got Deshaun Jackson, which makes me giddy, but they didn't break the bank for another wide receiver. They instead got Deshaun Jackson, a familiar face, and then went and doubled down in getting, you know, a huge upgrade at running back. So they didn't break the bank for either guy, which right. makes me happy. They didn't play like, oh my God, we got to do damage control since we lost Ajay, Blunt, and Tate. No, they ended up fixing it in a really creative and professional way. Yeah, there's also rumors that they're not done addressing the position. I don't know if you've heard that Duke Johnson has been a very hot name here Yeah, my boy Duke. Oh yeah, um, if the Eagles could somehow add Jordan Howard and then Duke Johnson as your receiving back and then have Corey Clement as your know your uh your like gadget everything kind of player. Whew, that would be that would be a nice committee right there. That would oh, be the I'm best in. committee we've seen in years. Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all in for trying to trade for him. That's yeah, that's got to be like uh, that's got to be like top 3 offense in the NFL. Oh my goodness. If you just want to name it, it's 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 Jeffrey, it's Jackson, it's Ertz, it's Goddard. It's Nelson Aguilar. It's Jordan Howard, Duke Johnson, Corey Clement. My lord. It is the best offense. It is. It is the best offense. Yeah, not taking into consideration anyone who they draft and or still sign. So Right. It is. It is the best offense in the NFL on paper. I'm just running through my mind. I mean, there are teams that can challenge it, but I and I think that it's far and away the best offense in the NFL. If you put it on paper. You know what's great? It's an offense that could become anything it needs to be, just like the Patriots. You have right. every type of personnel there. You could say, okay, uh, it's not working this game with the receivers. Let's go Ertz Goddard. 
two tight end sets. Let's go Ertz Goddard, Richard Rodgers, three tight end sets, and go with Jordan Howard. We have to pound the ball. And then, okay, next week, let's go D-Jack, let's go Nelson, let's go Ertz, let's go Alshon, let's go Duke Johnson. Let's become whatever you need to become to get a win. And I think that that's the direction they wanted to go. And when they saw last year uh, how close they got, you know, if they had their starting quarterback, Lord knows what what could have happened. But, you know, Fultz came in and did a great job. But the average fan won't realize this. But when you look at Fultz's playoff performance, it wasn't all that special. What it was is just timely passing and, and, you know, clutch moments. Yeah. Now that they have their starting guy back in Wentz and they have even more weapons around him, as long as they can keep him upright, there's no reason why Wentz shouldn't have an MVP caliber year. And as long as everybody puts their egos aside and doesn't require the ball more than the other guy, this team should be the best offense in the NFL. And it should. We talk about, oh, uh, it could be a Patriots version. It should be a better version of the Patriots because they're better on paper, way better. Yeah. Better the players. Patriots don't have Gronk anymore. The Patriots are down to Edelman and Sony Michelle. So, yeah. I mean, when you look at their cast, I, I don't really see much. It's gotta be at a time where the Eagles are far and away a better offense on paper. I mean, you know, Patriots will always have number 12, but other than that, the Eagles everywhere else, are significantly better. Yeah, even without adding Duke Johnson, honestly. And I right. hope they do. He's under contract for the next three years as well, so that'd be nice have a 25-year-old guy in his prime added to the squad. But things are looking up. And they also addressed the defensive side of the ball. They brought back Vinny Curry. Yes. Vinny Curry, part of the Super Bowl ben. squad. Nice to see him back. Um, last year, what it's did he... Been. What did you say? Big tits, Vin. Big tits, Vin. Uh, last year, played 12 games, had 2.5 sacks. Eh. You know what? Didn't really have many sacks with us either. Uh, 2015, three and a half. 2016, two and a half. 2017, three. But he's not really a sack guy. He's more of a power stop the run, crash the pocket kind of guy. And he's not a finisher. He's, he's not a finisher. He's definitely not a finisher. He's a guy who's going to disrupt a lot, and then hopefully someone else finishes it off. Yeah. You know, he never wants to be the dunker. He's more of the alley-ooper. Yeah, pretty much. And he's a 30-year-old at this point, so he's not going to be getting up for too many oops. So it's nice to add him to the to the stable of pass rushers. We did need another body there because you don't know how it's going to work out yet. Chris Long might still retire. So it's nice to get him back for sure. Chris Long's kind of pissing me off. Can we get a fucking decision already? I know, please. Like, Like, you're Chris Long, bro. You're not fucking whatever. You're You're not not like DeMarcus Ware or like, yeah. Right, right. You're not someone that we like significantly care about. You're someone that like is a guy on this team who can contribute. Like, just fucking come back and contribute already. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Just retire and do nothing? Like, come on, man. Just He'll, play. Just play. I know. And then and then what? Oh, I'm going to be a color commentator. Commentator. Like, he. there's nothing for him. He needs to come back and play. 
again, like enough with this guy taking a sweet ass time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one more acquisition to touch on is Andrew Sandejo, strong safety signed by the Eagles, just a one year contract. He'll be a third safety, and thank, thank the Lord, should take Corey Graham's position. I hope he's better. I don't know. Yeah, buns. Graham is buns. But yeah. Sandejo is a fun name to say. It is fun. We will have a lot I of fun like- with that name all year round. I feel like we need to run some kind of promotion, like Taco Tuesday with Sendejo. <laughs> Sendejo's Tacos? Yes. Dude, there's a huge marketing technique right there, <laughs> there that we could throw in and apply for the season. We'll make a t-shirt. It'll be Andrew Sendejo like in a sombrero just holding tacos. Yeah, have a little mariachi band in the background. It'd be a nice, nice, little, nice little picture. It'd be perfect. Nice little yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, let's do it. Let's sell the merch. First Philly Fresh Pod t-shirt. Sendejo. Sendejos. Sendejos tacos. Sounds like Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. We can make it better, though. Yeah, I don't know. They have a good logo. Yeah, probably not. We won't make it better. <laughs> but, uh, but it'll be fun. It will be fun. It can be the second best. Yeah, but... Uh, that's it. That's really it on the Eagles front. There's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the draft. We'll do a draft pod. The end of April is going to be very fun. We have the NFL draft. We got the Sixers playoff starting. We got Harper probably mashing more homers every other day. We have Dick Harper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the hockey playoffs, even though it's not going to feature the Flyers. But. Uh, because the Flyers continue to be stuck in the middle of the goddamn pack. Yes. Forever. Uh, and ever. Yeah. 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 At this point. Yeah. I mean, the NHL looks like it's the lightnings to lose at this point. Yeah. Um, of course, there are teams like, uh, you know, Boston, maybe Toronto, who can kind of give the lightning a run for their money because those two teams are very physical. But, uh, of course, the, the Capitals. But. Um, right now, it seems like it's the Lightning and then everybody else. I agree. And, oh my, they're so dominant. Like, if they don't win, it's, they should feel uh, like they really failed if yeah. they don't win this year. It would be, it would be equivalent to the Warriors going 73 and 9 and losing the yes. championship. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say, for sure. The Lightning. Uh, they, they play a very fast and finesse style. I mean, they can get gritty when they have to, but they prefer to, to beat you on the power play and in a finesse way and beat you with speed. Um, they've gotten themselves in trouble a little bit by leaving the goaltenders out to dry, you know, on nights where they just don't have it or nights where they're not scoring a ton of goals. So that is something to keep your eye on. But in general, this team has so much talent. I mean, Kucherov, Braden Point, obviously Stamkos. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just keep going down down the roster. Even Sorelli, Gord, Vasilevsky is amazing. Uh, they've yeah, just they had better a, win, dude. They've had a terrific Pressure, year. Pressure's they've had on. An absolute terrific year. Yeah, yeah. Kucherov has been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely like, all amazing. worldly. Like, I'm not even a huge hockey buff, but, man, just watching the Lightning play, like, you can appreciate their greatness this season. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, yo, if they don't win, the meme 
all that for a drop of clout? Yes. <laughs> if they don't win, whoever beats them should post that. I'll f- I'll friggin' post it at that point. You should. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, there's a meme out there with um uh what's his, what's his friggin' name? Thank you. Hey, there's a meme out there with Thanos, and it's just a, a caption that says "all that for a drop of clout" instead of you know, it's all when, all of what he sacrificed for. Yeah, uh, Tony you know, Scar- star- Stark tries his hardest and beats the hell out of him, and it's just one drop of blood. So, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, shine box time. Yeah. Let's okay, open so it up. Gonna... Let's open up the box. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Want me to start? Want me to dive in first? Uh, you could start. Yeah, you want to start with, uh... Yeah, just Lakers, whole community, like, the whole entire Lakers community of the fans and the players and the beat writers and everything, just... They're insufferable. Would you say? They're insufferable. They are. It's just, oh, go away. That's pretty much what I want to say, because you're irrelevant right now. You know, you did not even make the playoffs. Stop causing distractions for us. Here, here's the article that we found, and the title is Jimmy Butler could be Lakers free agency plan B to pair with LeBron James. First of all, shut up. You're out of it. You know, stop, stop trying to pry away our players talking about, oh, how the Lakers are going to make their big three. Just, just go back to shutting down LeBron James for the remainder of the season and just missing the playoffs because the last thing we need is to divide the Sixers locker room going into the playoffs, having people think about, Oh, is is Jimmy going to leave? Is LA on his mind? Like, no, it's not. It's not on his mind. I just think that all Lakers blogs should be shut down until maybe July. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I'm tired of hearing from Mm -hmm. them. Also, I'm tired of hearing this week on who the Lakers are going to try to pry in free agency or draft. Will or it trade. be Anthony Davis or... Oh, my God. I don't... Just Enough. shut up. <laughs> like, Enough. God damn. It's... And, and, you know, Jimmy Butler has always been a me guy, but he's done a great job this year of being a teammate guy. Um, so I'm hoping that this is the true Jimmy and that he's here to stay. Yeah. But the last thing a me guy wants to hear is an article propping him up about the glitz and glam of him joining LA like enough stop trying to pry our guy away to your city we know you have beaches you have tits and asses we get it all right enough I know enough you know I do want to talk who wrote that who wrote this article Eric Pincus well I hate him yeah I don't like him either let's see what else he wrote Lakers approaching historic disappointment in LeBron's first season. I like that one. That's good. Is D'Angelo Russell worth max money to the Nets or anyone else? I think he is worth max money to the Nets. Uh, he absolutely is. And you know what? You messed that up too, Lakers idiots. Yeah. Uh, could Kemba Walker fill the Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade role next to LeBron James? Uh, no. Y- nah. Why? No. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James were best friends, and they knew each other's games. Yeah, that's different. Dwayne Wade, well, he wasn't even in his—he wasn't in his prime necessarily. But, but he was like he, close to it, you know. The, yeah, he was at the end of his prime, I'd yeah. say. 
they still had, you know, they had the connection. They had that everything. Dwayne Wade is a better, uh, more efficient scorer than Kemba. Kemba, and I love Kemba, don't get me wrong. But, and Kemba's got a better three-point game than, than Dwayne. But Kemba's smaller than Dwayne. And Dwayne is a better, more controlled playmaker and, and driver than Kemba is. Kemba's more of a finesse driver. Dwayne is a guy who can go around and kind of bang around when he has to or you know, uh, can kind of move without the ball very effectively. Kemba's more of a guy that's like, you know, ISO, dribble a lot, yeah. finesse, uh, and crazy insane layups or step backs or whatever, but he's not the most efficient player. There are nights where no, he'll he, have, you know, Russell Westbrook numbers. Right. So, I mean, he has the ball a lot. Play. It's like he, he's right. a straight up point guard. People forget like that. He team had Mario Chalmers as a point yeah. guard. It, it wasn't Dwayne Wade dominating the ball like you know ben simmons would here or something like that right right and they knew each other's games and Dwayne knew mario's game before that too so again there wasn't a whole lot of adjustment getting a point guard who has the ball a lot and you know kemba's phenomenal don't get me wrong he's phenomenal yeah he's He's a beast phenomenal player but to have a guy who has the ball a lot and just plug him in and say, okay, and roll it out and say, here, make it work between him and LeBron, it's not going to necessarily work. Like, people need to stop living these fantasies. That's why Kyrie Irving left town, because there weren't enough balls to go around. So what makes you think that someone like Kemba is going to even want to, A, join LeBron, and B, uh, be second fiddle to LeBron, and C, uh, what makes you think it's definitely going to work? He needs the ball. LeBron needs the ball. I mean— I just yeah. I don't get that the, some of these writers and their ideas. I know. Well, that pretty much sums it up. So all of Lakers community as a whole, go get your fucking shine box. Get your fucking shine box already. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. All right. Who else is in the box? What do you got? <sighs> so Bryce Harper is returning to Washington for the first time. I thought quickly. you were putting Bryce in the box. No, Whew. no, my guy, Whew. big stick Bryce. No, no. Um. <laughs> By the way, if he didn't have a girlfriend, is there any chance that any of our marriages would stay intact with Bryce Harper in town? Because my vote is no. If Bryce Harper shows up mm. at your door, your wife is immediately divorcing you. There, without question. Like, apparently, I think it's in the Arab culture. I was listening to Chris D'Elia's podcast. And apparently, if you say talak, talak, talak three times in a row, you're the uh the husband immediately divorces the wife without question if the what? wife doesn't leave the comes and gets the wife yeah guys tune into the delia podcast please do yourself a favor he goes over it i don't want to spoil it so you know he delivers it in a more funny way obviously too because he's he's the man but um jesus all I right well that uh emily and asia so, need to uh just resist this right so <laughs> luckily asia say- is uh, across the sea <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't understand baseball either. So, <laughs> so the best part about this is, is that if Bryce Harper comes into your living room, is there any chance that your wife does not do the American white version of talak, talak, talak? Because in my opinion, there's no chance. Your immediate divorce and you probably two Christmases and probably for the kids and, you know, <laughs> the whole nine. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying. Is Bryce Harper is the best looking athlete that this town has seen in a very fucking long time. And I'd argue he's sexier than Bradley Cooper, which is probably Whoa. probably overstepping my boundary there. But 
the bottom line is, is Bryce Harper is a sex beast. And for Washington to feel as salty as they do, I kind of get it because I would feel salty too if I lost a sex icon and a big, big stick guy like that. Yeah. Uh, double as well, in case you didn't understand. So what I'm getting at is Bryce Harper is returning to Washington for the first time already after three games. And the Andrew Joseph of USA Today writes that the mayor, Muriel Bowser, who right off the bat, I hate her name. Terrible name. Terrible Awful. name. Go back to the drawing board on that one. Like, you better be good at math growing up, honey. So she posts this Photoshop picture of Bryce Harper uh, on Benedict Arnold's body. Bryce Harper's head. Yep. It's 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 done the Photoshop. It's incredibly well done. Whoever did that. Uh, I don't know if it was her department or whoever, but it's well done. Um, it's a little like black and white photo, historical photo of, you know, again, of Harper and on Arnold's body. And immediately after she tweets it, it gets taken down, I would say, within, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Like, talk about it was quick. It was a quick poll. It was like several minutes. Petty. Very petty. The most petty you could ever be. You're a grown ass woman, first off. Grown ass man, grown ass woman, grown ass whatever you are. First off, you don't like post a fucking Photoshop picture like that thinking it's going to really hit Bryce deep. Bryce probably fucking laughed when he, he saw it. He probably printed out that picture and framed it and he laughs at it and he grins every night. I would. It's pathetic. Um, you do that if you're like in the fucking Washington Nationals, like, I don't know, uh, SB Nation page or like. You know, like some kind of like really big fan community, maybe like a barstool thing. You don't post it if you're the fucking mayor. Like, talk about a loser. What a petty move. And then she deletes it like yeah. a goddamn snake coward. Yeah. Th- oh my God. Th- that was extremely petty. And for it to come from a mayor, like you said, that's that's crazy. And unprofessional. It is unprofessional, and now you can't just delete it and have nobody talk about it. Like, you need to answer for this, okay? People people noticed, okay? I know. It's a bad it look. Happened. It's a bad look. It's such a bad look. Like, if you're going to—and by the way, if you're going to post it, own up to it. Like, flex your tits at Right, that right, right. Just it and be like, oh, what picture? Yes. Just— it's just petty. And you know what? That city, city of losers, okay? Between the Redskins and the Nationals, bunch of losers, choke artists— uh, so I agree. So Mayor Mural, go get your fucking shine box. I go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Mayor Mural. Okay. Uh, perfect. Last the shine box, and this one. Oh, this one got me white hot, pissing, sweating, mad. <laughs> okay. Cliff Kingsbury, the new coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. He comes from Texas Tech. Uh, formerly ran an offense uh, that, you know, had a lot of success with Johnny Manziel as well. Um, he, which I don't really understand, actually, because Johnny Manziel went to Texas A&M. So, uh, whatever, the internet is failing me. But anyways, <laughs> he has 
you know, he has the resume to kind of put this high offense together. And there's been speculation that they're going to draft Kyler Murray over, number one overall. So I was fine with that. Uh, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because Rosen was the guy. And now they're just going to kick him to the curb. But this made me unbelievably mad. There's a report from ESPN says that Cliff Kingsbury is going to implement 20-minute cell phone breaks during meetings, during film sessions, during whatever. He, he says, quote, I think coming from the college ranks to obviously those young men, it's got to be quick hitters, 20 minutes at a time. Give them a break and, and get them back in. Terrible. We want sure that when we have them they're focused and they're locked in and we're maximizing their time so if we got to split it up or have shorter meetings that's what we do you're telling me that you're going to come to the nfl and you're going to switch up your regime because your players can't pay attention for more than 15 minutes that's awful first of what all a- they're, to fucking babies. They're, they're professional athletes at that point, and you're a professional head coach. That That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They should be able to sit through a meeting, and not that you should ever implement a break, but if you do, 20 minutes? Gone for yeah. 20? Maybe I could see a two to three minute, you know, check your phone, come back in, go get sip from the water fountain, but no. No, this what? is this is out of hand. So this generation, bunch of fucking, uh, everyone, you know, gets a trophy. Everyone gets to feel good, and everyone gets to go on their cell phones because yeah. they're a bunch of babies, and they can't go to work without being on their phones. Like, ah, uh, you That's... know who the last guy who did this? Jim Tom Sula in 2015. And guess what happened? Who's Jim Tom Sula exactly? That's what happened. <laughs> He's not even a fucking coach anymore. Yeah. So I'm just, I just am laughing at this first off, but also blood red mad as Chris D'Elia would say, because I'm so just, it's just like, it, I, I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm old school. Like, it encompasses our hatred. Yeah. Yeah. It just it sums up our hatred for this generation and all the problems. Like, oh, the kids can't go through one football meeting without having to like check their Snapchat streaks. Oh, like, come on. Oh, my God. Imagine 15 minutes goes by. Uh, coach, uh, can we have our, uh, a break now? Uh, I need to get on Instagram and uh, check my DMs and uh, look at this ass model. of, You know, check out Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, with nine J's. With nine J's. Our ass being posted in all kind of angles. You know, I just need to monitor that. I need to monitor how many likes. Monitor that. I need to I need to monitor how many how many followers I was at 30k and now I'm at 31k so you know I'd like to post about that and uh, you know maybe check my likes you know last time I, I put a picture out there with my abs hashtag beast mode but now I wanted to maybe put a picture of always hitting the books hashtag student of the game so <laughs> so coach if we could just take maybe a 15 20 minute break you know uh, I also want to get a quick endorphin hit of just checking out all kind of pussy and ass models out there because that's what we've come to now. Uh, pussy and ass models 
flaunting their shit around and getting likes and, and follows as uh, 2019's way of currency. Uh, what's that? You don't have a job? Oh, but you have 50,000 followers because your ass is everywhere. And you're an oh. herbal tea selling Instagram yeah. promoter. Oh, yeah. Here's some herbal tea when my ass is out. Yeah, I'll follow you. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that's where we're at. So uh, the fact that he needs to implement these braids for these young guys to have those, again, endorphin hits to be like, oh, here's my ass hit of the day. Oh, it's just, it's enough. Please. It's terrible. Please. It's so it's just it's hard to even comment on. Oh, and uh, Kingsbury goes on to say, you start to see kind of ha- hands twitching. You start to see kind of hands twitching. Uh, terrible English on his part, and legs shaking. And you know they need to get a social media fix. <gasps> oh so my we'll god! Over there, and then get back in the meeting and refocus. What a bunch of gas bag clowns bunch of hacks can't even attend a meeting without checking asses without physically twitching as if as if you're going through withdrawal (laughs) could you imagine like the great depression in america and like someone being like oh hold on a second i can't lift this goddamn wood because I need to check out this woman's ass. Or hold that on. wouldn't fly. Son, chief, uh, you know, uh, I can't, I can't count up this money for the bank right now because, uh, well, I need to check in on Facebook and say what I'm doing right now and, and how my life is going. Nope. Nope. That doesn't work because then you don't get a loaf of bread to feed your family. So, uh, uh, these guys are so spoiled. It's disgusting. Put them in it's the shine so- box. Send Put them all in the shine box. Yeah. The entire Arizona Cardinals organization is in the shine box. Cliff Kingsbury is the grand bearer of the shine box. And you know what? At this point, ah, I'm rooting against them. I, I hope they go <laughs> defeated. They don't win a game. I would love that. I agree. Don't, I agree. Let's root against the Cardinals this year just for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Every don't game. Win a, don't win any games and then fire your idiotic coach who wants to try to connect with the players and be a player's guy. Hey, I'm the player's guy. You know, hey, I can really relate with them. I'm just another guy. Yeah, okay. Okay, guy. All right, let's see how far that goes. We've had one successful guy in the NFL. It's been Pete Carroll. And even he started to lose the team a little bit at one point. And you know what? He he pretty much lost the team, I should say, because there's a new regime there now, minus Russell Wilson. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm over these these coaches who want to be like a player's coach. Enough enough there's a reason why you're their boss there's a reason why it's a business yeah totally we're gonna need a bigger box to fit all these cardinals in (laughs) the whole organization go home and get all of your fucking shine boxes all of you guys now go home and get your fucking shine box Uh, so that's it for me that's it man that's the end of the pod think it was a good one i just want to thank everybody for coming out listening to the philly fresh pod uh i am robert arelli that is brandon caracillo and we will see you next week